0: Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of Regulatory Radio. In today's episode, we'll be looking at what the future holds for regulatory science and where we think some of the most interesting developments will be seen. I'm Mick Lamble, Head of Regulatory Affairs at Freya, and today we're joined again by Gabriel Boronat, Senior Director of Regulatory Information Management Strategy here at Freya. Welcome back, Gabriel. How are you?
1: Hello, Mick. I'm doing great. Thank you very much.
0: So, Gabriel. I'm interested in how we're going to predict the future for regulatory sciences. It certainly seems like an exciting conversation topic to elaborate on.
1: Well, I'm relying on the hard work of regulatory agencies around the world to help pick out some key themes that are emerging over our regulatory horizon. In recent years, I think we've seen a renewed focus on putting the interests of patients front and centre. I think in future, this focus on patient engagement will continue and is likely to increase. Part of this also includes adapting the ways in which information is presented to make it easier for patients to understand their medicines, better packaging leaflets, more graphics and pictures, and more ways to keep the information current.
0: And perhaps greater collaboration?
1: Yes, um, there is also growing interest in regulatory reliance, meaning the acknowledgement and acceptance of regulatory decisions made by other regulatory networks. This is an opportunity for harmonisation of regulated products, simplification of approval processes, and can speed the time to patients for safe and effective new medicines.
0: And what about the use of digital tools?
1: Modern technology is helping to provide better understandings and capabilities for managing data. Of course, we have access to more data, but we can make this more structured data with improved analytic tools and enabling insightful interpretations of data. This could also help to reduce long form narratives and provide more transparency for the ways in which clinical data is interpreted.
0: In practical terms then, What does this mean for patients?
1: For me this means firstly more representation of patients interests throughout the life cycle. For example better provisions made for transparency and openness around the conduct and outcomes from clinical trials. I think it means involvement of patients during guideline development and perhaps more visible participation of patients and their representatives during the regulatory review phase. Strategically I think unmet patient needs can be prioritised for innovation and product development as a response to gaps in therapeutic cover. And I think a shift in emphasis to help patients make their own informed decisions and raising their understanding of benefit harms of proposed treatments. Common patient behaviour already is to search the internet for information about prescribed medicines. And I think there's a role for regulators to improve their own engagement via digital channels.
0: And how can regulatory outputs from regulatory procedures help here? For example, PILs, RMPs and EPARs.
1: So the way in which outputs are structured could make it easier to repurpose information so that it can be combined with other patient-centric materials. For example, interactive information for explaining how to administer a medicine or a more dynamic list of possible side effects and interactions. And speedier updates to package information should be possible following incorporation of feedback from patients and healthcare professionals and product surveillance activities.
0: What about steps towards consistency in regulatory decision-making? Do you think that in future we'll see more harmonisation between different regulatory
1: networks? Yes, I think this is something which is definitely beneficial for future regulation. There are strong arguments for individual competent authorities to recognise the regulatory decisions made elsewhere. Judgements can be made regarding quality, consistency and completeness to ensure compatibility between the requirements of different regulators, whilst at the same time sharing the outcome of scientific assessments and recognising work done already. There are potential benefits from increasing access to approval procedures, and if regulatory submissions can be reused with minimal rework, then procedural barriers can be lowered, resources deployed more effectively, and more timely access possible to safe and effective medicines. And this can apply across the whole product lifecycle, not just initial marketing authorization applications, but also for variations, inspections, pharmacovigilance, quality, clinical trials, regulatory reliance provides a way to reduce duplication of effort.
0: And presumably one of the building blocks for harmonised regulatory decision making is better interoperability of regulatory information.
1: Yes, good point. Historically, there has been a dependency on long, complex, self-contained dossiers that support the regulatory and scientific assessment of marketing authorization applications. These multi-part dossiers require significant overheads in terms of version control, quality control, assembly distribution. Plus, these burdens are placed both on those who are compiling the dossiers and those who receive the dossiers. In future, I think we will see a wholesale move towards structured submissions, dossiers replaced by data. This will provide benefits of integration, automation, validation, scale, and efficiency of processing.
0: The benefits seem clear then. So what are the first steps towards realising this
1: vision? So solid foundations are required that address the need for technical interoperability, that's common open standards, and semantic interoperability, and that's common understanding of controlled terms used in a regulatory context. Advanced tools for better data management are also needed to cope with greater volumes of data, integrated data validation, and advanced analytical interpretation of data. Together, these tools can be combined to produce long-form narratives and obfuscating summaries of clinical studies.
0: How close are we, then, to this vision of harmonised, structured, regulatory data?
1: Well, we're already seeing implementation of the iso IDMP group of standards for the identification of medicinal products and pharmaceutical products and substances. This is a complex undertaking, and implementation within the European system is currently running many years behind schedule but it promises to deliver consistency in how medicinal products are defined and identified. Work is also already ongoing with the WHO, the FDA and the European Union to harmonise implementation of pharmaceutical product identifiers. And there is great interest from commercial organisations who want to develop cloud-based, data-driven regulatory information sharing platforms. These concepts are already beginning to stretch beyond shared repositories and into platforms for provisioning dynamic regulatory interactions.
0: Looking back at the impact of the recent pandemic and how it's affected our industry, what do you think will be some of the consequent regulatory changes?
1: So there's clearly scope for reviewing the lessons learned from the pandemic in terms of regulatory easements and flexibilities that were introduced. Emergency use authorisations obviously became super important as accelerated development and vaccine approval was prioritised. I would hope that risk-appropriate preparations will be established in case of a recurrence or in anticipation of the next possible pandemic. The challenge of expedited or accelerated approvals in response to public health emergencies will in future lead to more integration of regulatory assessments of benefit risk or benefit harms with clinical assessments of effectiveness and benefit cost This will help to incentivize innovation at times of urgent need and threats to public health and can bring greater certainty during development regarding the path to reimbursement and commercial agreements.
0: Very interesting and predicting the future is often an inexact science but I agree that some of the future capabilities that we've talked about today will soon become increasingly important. Are there any last insights you can share about the regulatory futures we've talked about today?
1: Beyond advances in regulation of medicinal products, I think that in future we will see increasing oversight of medical devices as they are brought under the same regulatory roof as medicines. EMA office space in Amsterdam seems to be well planned in advance for such an increase in capacity and capability. And it's common already across NCAs in Europe to provide regulatory oversight for healthcare devices. To meet strategic scientific and healthcare objectives, I think we will continue to see an increase in the use of facilitated and expedited regulatory pathways. These are often designed to target new and innovative treatments that can bring scientific research benefits, economic and financial benefits, alongside therapeutic benefits for patients. I think digital transformation will continue at pace. We mentioned the need for better tools to manage and share data. This comes with requirements for better capabilities to manage regulatory information as an asset, and there will continue to be modernization and integration of platforms to extract the best value from scientific data whilst also driving operational efficiencies.
0: Well, thanks, Gabriel. And that marks the end of this episode. Thanks also for, for such an interesting discussion on this fascinating topic. Perhaps in a few years we should look back and see which of these predictions have come true.
1: That would be fun. I think we should definitely set a reminder for the future.
0: I agree. Definitely worth revisiting these topics. Well, that concludes today's discussion about the future of regulatory science and brings us to the end of season one. I hope you found it interesting, and please take time to tune in to the other episodes from this series of Regulatory Radio. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.